0: Support for the South Carolina Lead is made possible in part by Columbia Metropolitan Airport. For more information, flycae.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on February 7th, 2022, from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features Judge Michelle Childs in her own words during her confirmation hearing to the Federal District of South Carolina in 2010. We look at what's happening at the Statehouse this week, including a possible medical marijuana vote, an election reform bill hearing, and some spending bills. In medical, we look at recent DHEC data on vaccination, cases, hospitalization, and deaths, and we have info on long COVID research. We don't have a business section but i want you to give me a shout on twitter because if you have any economic questions i plan on talking to usc economist dr Joy von Nessen on this week in south carolina and i would love to hear your thoughts on what's going on with the economy and any questions you might want answered i might just ask them that's at gavin jackson on twitter the dms are open folks as is our voice mailbox at 803-563-7169 You can call us. You can also bring up anything you want to talk about there. Leave us a one to three minute long voicemail with your name, where you're calling from. And, uh, you know, if you want to weigh in on any of the hot topics we've been talking about lately, we'd love to hear what you have to say. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is widespread, ongoing and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 15,929 total deaths, and currently there are 1,421,539 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of February 7th at 4 p.m. And just a note this weekend, the U.S. death toll from COVID-19 passed the 900,000 mark. Just two months ago, President Joe Biden observed the country passing 800,000 COVID-19 fatalities. Our current percent positive is 14.5%. There are 1,951 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, 405 are in intensive care, and 226 are in ventilators. Currently 53.3% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. start politics off with our continuing coverage of supreme court watch 2022 supreme court watch 2022 michelle childs is currently a federal judge in south carolina and let's give you some background on what that means there are nine federal courthouses in our state in aiken anderson charleston columbia florence greenville and spartanburg charleston and greenville have two super special Childs serves in the Columbia Courthouse, deciding cases dealing with the federal government originating in the state. Like all federal courthouses, cameras, recording devices, and even cell phones are not allowed in courtrooms. So I can't bring you any audio of those rulings previously issued by Childs to glean much insight of her judicial temperament over the past 11 years on the bench. However, we can hear her in her own words during her April 2010 confirmation hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee, where Senator Lindsey Graham introduced her like this.
2: She has served as a circuit court judge in Columbia, South Carolina since 2006. She's the chief administrative judge for our general sessions and business courts. The ABA unanimously rated her as well-qualified. She was the first African-American woman partner for Nexon and Pruitt, one of the biggest firms in South Carolina, the deputy director of the South Carolina Department of Labor. She was a workers' comp commissioner. Uh, She's a graduate of the University of South Carolina School of Business, School of Law, and she's married to Dr. Floyd Angus with one one daughter, Julianne. And I would just like to say this because time is short. Every lawyer that I know of who's appeared before her, regardless of their political persuasion or philosophy, has nothing but great things to say about Judge Childs as being fair, smart, courteous to lawyers, and those who appear before her uh, feel like they're getting not only a fair experience, but it's been a rewarding experience, and she will do a great job for the people of South Carolina as a district court judge, and we're just very proud of her."
1: Childs, along with three of President Barack Obama's other federal court picks, sat before a panel chaired by California Senator Dianne Feinstein, who asked straightforward questions during the hearing, which lasted roughly 30 minutes. Here's Child's response to Feinstein's question about whether her personal feelings will influence her decisions in the court.
3: Um, In reference to your question, I have a high regard and sincere appreciation for our legal system, which is the form of order in our court, in our democracy. I believe that my record supports that I allow litigants to access the courts and have their disputes adjudicated in a fair and impartial manner, Under a fair and independent legal system. I approach all cases allowing litigants to have equal justice under the law and to act in accordance with the rule of law.
1: Senator Feinstein asked the judges about how they interpret constitutional law, such as the congressional regulatory powers under the Commerce Clause and equal protection under the 14th Amendment. But let's define those before we hear Child's response. The Commerce Clause, which is under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3, grants Congress the power to regulate commerce with foreign nations, and among the several states, and with Indian tribes. This authority empowers Congress to regulate three broad categories of activities, including channels of interstate commerce, like roads and canals, instrumentalities of or persons or things in interstate commerce, and activities that substantially affect interstate commerce. So, regulations, broad, Congress. And then also she asked about the consequential 14th Amendment, which was passed after the Civil War during Reconstruction. It has powerful rights granted under Section 1 of the Amendment and has been at the heart of many landmark civil rights decisions and reads as follows. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges of immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. So two big hefty things right there that a lot of judicial nominees are always asked about. And here is Child's response to
3: those. I too have not had the opportunity to address this particular situation in state court. However, as a limited role in federal court, I would approach only cases and controversies before me with respect to any laws uh, respecting your congressional uh, powers, I would presume that anything that you all are doing is constitutional and would approach it with that mindset, knowing that you would only enact laws that you have had due deliverance over and consider deliberation over, so I would make that presumption in the first place. There may be a course of action in which we might have to uh, consider something to be unconstitutional, but I would hope that we'd be in a position where the record, you may not have to reach that decision. But, of course, only those particular facts and circumstances that are before the court would I make decisions about.
1: And the last question came from then-Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions, who asked about sentencing guidelines.
3: Yes, in state court we obviously are not bound by any sentencing guidelines as well as we don't really have sentencing guidelines as advisory. So in that regard, I do believe that the federal court guidelines and I appreciate the collaborative and bipartisan efforts that have gone into those guidelines. They assure more consistency, uniformity, and reasonableness of the sentences. As state court judges, we have a broad range, and that will uh, differ, differ from judge to judge as to what a particular sentence might be to an individual defendant. So I'm certainly ready, if uh, lucky enough to be confirmed as well, to approach those guidelines as advisory, but also have some well-reasoned explanations for departing from such guidelines. It might make you sleep a little better if uh, you're just you're following the recommendations of people who objectively figured out what they thought would be a reasonable sentence. Absolutely.
1: Childs was approved by the Judiciary Committee and the Senate confirmed her by voice vote in June 2010. She replaced retiring Judge George Anderson Jr. On Saturday, we're going to continue our look at Judge Childs and the Supreme Court nomination and the confirmation process by going deeper into what all goes into the nomination process and take a look at the history of nominee successes and failures from the Fourth Circuit. Yo, I'm learning this stuff for the first time, a lot of this, and I think you'll find it super interesting and give you some great historic perspective as we approach a historic moment that could possibly involve Judge Childs later this month. Also, some more on this, Senator Marlon Kimson, the Democrat from Charleston, Brownlee. tweeted a photo of a letter from AFL-CIO-SC President Charles Brave that was sent to President Biden that said, in part, that Childs would bring a much-needed perspective to the high court and would represent all of us well. The letter was also cc'd to Senators Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott, as well as Congressman Clyburn and Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO. This comes as some progressive Democrats are trying to make issue of Childs' history as a labor attorney. From the courthouse to the campaign trail, let's talk 1st Congressional District news. Former Governor and United States U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley is back in the news, folks. That's right. She has endorsed incumbent Republican Nancy Mace in the heated primary, in which Mace has two challengers, according to the Post and Courier. Whoever wins that primary, and there are possibly even more challengers who may jump in, They will more than likely face off against Dr. Annie Andrews, who's the Democrat in that race and who has raised $500,000 in the fourth quarter of last year. She has about $387,000 on hand. Mace, she has about $1.5 million on hand. Spicy in the first congressional. But let's get back to the statehouse, right? This week, Beaufort Republican Senator Tom Davis, he's a sponsor of the medical marijuana bill that's now in debate for the third week, he tweeted that this week the South Carolina Senate will finish debate and then vote on S-150. Translation, expect some long debate over the next few days. Outside of the Senate chamber, two bills deal with abortion, including S-988, which would outright ban abortion and classify doctors that perform the currently legal operation as murderers, and it also defines any fertilized egg as a human being. That wasn't heard before the full Medical Affairs Committee last week. And it's not on the committee's agenda this Thursday. So just a little update right there on some controversial bills. Now, senators are crafting and moving through a bill dealing with the $525 million Savannah Riverside Plutonium Settlement with the federal government. The governor has proposed several economic development, educational, and workforce initiatives for the money in counties near SRS. We'll see how closely these proposals match with legislators' plans. Now, in the House, the Ways and Means Committee, which crafts the budget, will discuss how to spend the $2.5 billion in American Rescue Plan money from the federal government. We will again see how closely any spending plans match the governor's big-ticket investments in infrastructure and more. Now, there's still more going on in the Statehouse, folks. I know, I know. There will also be a subcommittee meeting on Wednesday on House Speaker Jay Lucas's just introduced election integrity bill, H-4919, which limits candidates to registering with just one party per election and tightens up absentee voting eligibility, identity requirements, and early voting timeframes. Now, here's some more details. The bill ends in-person absentee voting, which currently is up to 45 days before an election, and makes all absentee voting by mail instead. Now, it does create 12 days of early voting before the election and requires the formation of in-person voting locations based on a formula of either registered voters or county square miles, whichever is higher but can't exceed seven locations per county. Absentee ballots will still require the witness signature but also require an address and printed name for a verification. Absentee ballots will also require identification card numbers from a license, voter ID, passport, or other accepted form of ID that has to be written on the ballot. Also, a House Education Committee hearing on several bills dealing with critical race theory has been moved to next week. And like I said at the top, we're going to skip business today, but I just want to say that I plan on talking with USC research economist Dr. Joey Von Nessen on This Week in South Carolina. So shoot me a DM on Twitter at Gavin Jackson, or our Instagram at scleadpod if you have a question about the state's economic situation. No promises, I'll ask it, but I'm always interested in hearing about what y'all want to know more about Always, Always. Always. We start the medical section off by saying goodbye to the Omicron surge. Goodbye. Please leave us. That's right. For the third week in a row, we have seen cases decline from our weekly high of 117,339 on January 15th to now 34,705 for the week ending February 5th. So we are now just falling below the highs of our two previous surges in 2021, but still easily five to ten times higher the average week in October and November. So we're slowly getting there. Deaths, however, are still in flux with retroactive revisions to weekly totals trickling in each week. So far the week of January 29th, we saw 355 deaths. Now I know I always throw this data at you so you know where we stand, but DHEC drilled down on some of it further. Looking at provisional data from December 16th through January 15th, DHIC found that among the 38,414 reported cases where vaccine status could be determined, 62% of those cases were considered not fully vaccinated. Among the 1,328 reported cases who were hospitalized with COVID-19 and where they were able to determine vaccine status, 47% were considered not fully vaccinated. And among the 371 reported deaths from COVID during this time, 64% were considered not vaccinated. So some interesting data there about vaccination rates, deaths, cases, and hospitalization. And we have a long COVID update for you. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that 1 in 10 people develop long COVID symptoms. Stat News reports that based on health records for 2 million adults and children, CDC researchers estimate that 1 in 10 people will develop new symptoms a month or more after their diagnosis, including fatigue, shortness of breath, heart rhythm changes, and type 2 diabetes. Now, says picking up new cases of type 2 diabetes could be related to treatments that raise blood sugar levels, the researchers noted in the JAMA Network Open article. Although new symptoms and conditions occurred infrequently, applying the proportions of these rare events to the millions of persons infected with SARS-CoV-2 means that a substantial number might experience new symptoms and conditions after their acute illness. That's according to the researchers. Do you have long COVID or think you do? Let us know, we wanna hear your experiences with COVID-19 and you can tell us at 803-563-7169. You can share your name, you don't have to give us your name, uh, but we're interested in hearing about your experience with COVID-19. Welcome to our wind down section. It's our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic. And of course, we love hearing from you guys as well. So tell us what's going on Weigh in on any number of our interesting debates from food to fashion to COVID to the economy and more. We want to hear from you. Throw us a curveball, drop us a question. We will get to the bottom of it. We promise 803-563-7169. AT throw me some throw me a curveball, baby. What do we got? Uh, this is
0: this is not a curveball. This is like a fastball straight Ooh! down the middle here. Ah! So we got we got a longtime listener, long time, many time caller yes. calling in. Okay? Love it. So uh I mean let's go let's go. Okay? Yeah, hit it is, up. Hit is it is up. That, is that good? Yeah. Is Zing. that good? <laughs> Swing. This
4: is uh Ben Davis from Greenville. And uh just heard a little uh ad about the no um no drive. Was it the no uh pledge strike, the pledge strike, whatever the thing is, where we don't have to listen to people all day long on the radio asking for money. And uh, the goal I heard is $280,000. And I just want to know how much of that is going to purchase Ranch for AT's Pizza and Crocs for Gavin. So uh, wanting to know that as I drive into work, once you know I'm Called you via Bluetooth, so hands on the wheel and eyes on the road. Appreciate the work you do, and uh, hope you guys are able to raise the money over the next couple of weeks. Bye-bye.
1: Ben, we always love hearing from you, and thank you for reiterating our current pledge drive situation. We would appreciate any help anyone can uh, send us, any support you can give. We always love it. I can't recite the number right now, so let's just not... You can always help support us at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Hit that you donate, can donate button there. Yep. Uh, but we can tell you, Ben. I can safely say that no money will go towards ranch or ranch mm. research. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to get get the hard ranch numbers of the state in the in the
0: budget, you're gonna have to FOIA those yeah. numbers. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is all. But that's all uh, state dollars that go towards the ranch research. <laughs> this is just I for think, programming. I think the some of the 2.5 billion American Rescue dollars are definitely
0: going to. reach <laughs> so Your Lawmakers, knows? call your Talk lawmakers. To your lawmakers, call them.
1: Call them. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate you, calling with your hands on the wheel, eyes on the road. Because, AT, I told you this, but this morning I almost got into a car accident. Yeah, and dangerous. It, it's dangerous. been like five years since my last one. And it's not me doing this AT. I, I, I am a victim here. People are you me. You were about to be a victim. Yeah, about to be broadsided this morning. It was cold. It was rainy. Like the worst time you'd want to be in a car accident. Dude just didn't even stop. when I had the green, solid green. Saw yeah. him coming. And I said... No, not today. You need, Satan. You
0: need, you need a few cool Mississippis before you start going sometimes. Oh, you, some oh, you got you to gotta look
1: left, you got to look right, and then you can go, folks. Head on a yes. swivel when you're driving. Eyes
0: S-T-O-P. On the right.
1: because, Turn your head each time. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, just... Yeah, last time I got hit, it was like driver's side. I saw him coming, but couldn't get all the way out in time. And mm-hmm. that's how the Forerunner died. So here and we are. Here you are. You're still alive.
0: You're not a statistic. <laughs> but Gavin, speaking of becoming statistics, mm-hmm. okay? What? The uh, sharp listeners might hear that I have a tickle in my throat, and Duh. it is our 200th COVID episode, oh, and that... to go big, <laughs> oh, I got COVID.
1: <laughs> oh, a little dark, not necessary. Yeah, Did you have it's... to get COVID just for this?
0: <laughs> no, I really wanted to make this good and believable. You know, Gavin knows I, I'm like a, a method actor. What's his <laughs> Huge name? Huge method it? actor. Yeah. Uh, I'm like Joaquin Phoenix, so... Um... <laughs>
1: Oh, what's his face from Batman? Christian um, Bale. Christian Bale, yeah, you're Christian Bale, too. Yeah, I, um, I've
0: I've lost a lot of weight for this
1: role. So, I know. Uh, yeah. uh, so, A.T., tell us about your journey. This is the shocking news. I, I, I hate know. this for I, you.
0: You're remote right now, but... <clears throat> yeah, Gavin is in studio. I'm not. I'm working from home all week. So, uh, it was really... I mean, last Thursday, I felt completely fine, mm-hmm. you know? The next day, I woke up, and it felt like the front of my face fell to the back of my face. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I, so I, uh, I took a rapid test, uh-huh. and it said to check back in fifteen minutes for your results. And in ninety seconds,
1: it told me hard positive. Oh, so uh, yeah. that that sucked. Um so and that was after I, I, we taped the re- we taped remotely on friday too yeah for i thought reasons, i just had like a out. sinus
0: infection uh-huh. or something um but yeah so if you want to see what the the beginning of covid sounds like listen to our <laughs> episode.
1: <laughs> how was the rest of your week and how'd you how'd
0: you fare so far saturday was tough saturday mm-hmm. was really bad and and luckily i i did i am vaccinated i am boosted uh-huh. and so i didn't get any of the uh the types of things that'll send you to the hospital or anything like that, but I got about everything else. And um, uh, I mean, I was just down for the count. No sleeping, no eating. I I just wasn't hungry the whole time. Which is so
1: uncharacteristic. It's tragic to hear these words. I mean, you hear the food (laughs) conversations we have here. Thinking of AT not eating, I'm just like, oh.
0: (laughs) I was very nervous about losing my taste and uh, smell the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I would wake up every day, I would go like smell something. (laughs) Just no to make sure, You're just no to make sure that I was still good, and I was. Thank God. <laughs> and uh, I, I was either in a very warm shower, or had an ice bag on my head, and so <sighs> it's just only um, uh, at room temperature was my head in extreme pain. Jesus,
1: <laughs> um, living that extreme life, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad that you, you know, you, you've made it through the worst of it, sounds like. Yeah, you've so coming out the other side, and you didn't lose your sense of taste or smell. But yeah, had you had AT, tea, mm. uh, uh, you would almost be able to eat ranch on pizza tolerably at that point. I think I think I would have been able to. I think
0: about this, like, what would I do if I couldn't taste just try to like spice it up, may have a little fun or something. And I thought about it, and I was like, maybe I would. Eat an onion like an apple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I think I could do it. Uh-huh. I, I think I honestly think I might be able to do that. Full taste and smell. I really like yeah, onions. A Vidalia, you know, easy, easy to Just do. Just crunch down
1: on it. You know,
0: mm-hmm. no pit to worry about. Eat all the way through.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's also annoying too because you were really vigilant. You were really good, and here we are. You yes, know, that's the worst be, part. Uh, year three, but you know, since we're sharing, you know, I never, <laughs> I never openly discussed that I got COVID back in March, 2020. Very brave of you. Right yeah. Now, I'm just, you know, you're sharing your story. I want to share my story. Good. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, but it was just, it was the week after I got my first shot, you know, and mm-hmm. then, not that I, not that I like changed up my, my, uh, life or anything like that. Cause I had the first shot. I wasn't naive to think, Oh, I have one shot down. I can do whatever we want. No, we know that you're fully vaccinated after two weeks after your last shot. Uh, so I was still in that weird phase, but uh, the fact that, you know, you kind of cross the finish line and then all of a sudden... I know. All this it, you talk know? about Omicron <laughs> really tailing off. And yeah. I was like, damn, late to the party, really late.
0: And th- like, I didn't even do anything cool to earn it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't at a hip concert or a club yeah. and I got it like... Uh, No, I was just at home and I started to feel bad. Really lame. Got it at work or something really stupid. So that's no fun. But also I do have a concert at the end of March that I'm going to Mm -hmm. that I've been looking forward to for uh, since the start of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 it is a little bit of peace of mind that I I, I, I have this. I'm going to have antibodies. I can sort of just go to
1: this thing and enjoy it. Yeah. So
0: that's that's my little carrot at the end of this this horrible
1: stick that I'm on right now. Um, <laughs> we're glad you're we're glad things are looking up. And um, did I say March 2020? I was March 2021. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a silver lining there, too. And hopefully, you know, this is the worst of it. You don't get any of that long cover like we were talking about anything like that. Do you, know,
0: but, do you know how you know that I wasn't feeling well on Friday, though? I didn't, when we were recording the last episode, mm-hmm. I didn't clock that it was four years since the Eagles won the Super Bowl that day. <sighs> and I didn't even mention it one time. Your so, mind wasn't right. My mind wasn't right. <laughs> was that should going. have been front and foremost, you <laughs> know? Like, that should have been all I was thinking about all day. Go
1: birds! You're like the Hal Computer when you know, his mind starts to go and space out of Yes, it's very exactly sad to Exactly right. That's, that's <laughs> what I was thinking too, yes. <laughs> what are you doing, Dave? I cannot well. let you do that, Dave. <laughs> we're glad you're back. And your mind is still there for the most part. Yes, for the most part, yeah. But uh if you want to be brave, share us your story with COVID-19. You know, it took AT to get it for me to, to bring my story forward too. Uh, but let us know yours. Hopefully it's uh, also somewhat mild nothing too traumatic. And if it is, we're sorry for your loss or any difficulty you experienced, but let us know. Uh, feel free sharing whatever you feel comfortable sharing at 803-563-7169. You can leave your name or maybe not if you're not in the mood to. It's okay. And just leave us a little message and we'll see if we can play it on the wind down. And again, thanks for listening to the pod. You can show us your appreciation by leaving us a voicemail like we heard from Ben Davis, one of our favorite people. Or you can leave us an iTunes review. We love those as well. You can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Okay. You want me to you just want me to start doing the words part, huh? I want just want uh my lower body to stop sweating right now. <laughs> I reason. just want my life back. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need a ghost gun? We're like yeah. podcast.
0: Don't you understand anything?